Welcome to Partnerships for Social and Emotional Learning, a new series of podcasts from the Wallace Foundation. I'm Lucas Held, Director of Communications at Wallace, and I'm delighted to have you join us today. Today's episode will focus on the P part of Pacelli, that is partnerships, and how some of the communities in the initiative have worked to build these at both the system and the site level. And we're going to hear from two partnership pairs, one new and the other established but still evolving. So I'm delighted to welcome our guests, Stephanie Andrews, Interim Executive Director of Student and Family Support Services at Tulsa Public Schools, Caroline Shaw, Executive Director of the Opportunity Project in Tulsa, Greg McPherson, the Chief Big Thought Institute Officer at Big Thought in Dallas, and Juan Valdespino Gaitan, Executive Director of Social Emotional Learning at the Dallas Independent School District. So thank you all for joining us. The work that all of the Pacelli communities are doing hinges on the idea of partnering in thoughtful, consistent ways to build SEL skills and deliver effective practices and programs in the school day and into the after-school hours. Now we know that any partnership, no matter what kind, when they're effective, always includes some challenges. And our Pacelli communities also face challenges when it came time to create those partnerships and sustain them. But they also work to develop successful strategies to overcome those challenges. So we're going to explore two of these district and out-of-school time intermediary partnerships today. And to provide a bit of context, the partnership between Tulsa Public Schools and the Opportunity Project, the out-of-school time intermediary in Tulsa, that is, is new. In fact, the Opportunity Project was created at the start of the Pacelli Initiative to coordinate the after-school programs participating in the initiative. And in Tulsa, this work is called Relate 918. Now, in contrast, in Dallas, the Dallas Independent School District and the local intermediary in that city, called Big Thought, have been working together for several years prior to creating SEL Dallas. Now, RAND researchers found that being committed to SEL and taking the time to meet were important starting points for partnerships between school districts and out-of-school time intermediaries. And of course, we know that uh, uh, in busy districts, uh, finding time to meet either in person or virtually can be a challenge. So, Stephanie, let's uh, let's start with you uh, from the vantage point of uh, Tulsa Public Schools. Tell us about how you approach collaborating with the Opportunity Project uh, when your partnership began. Oh, we were so excited, um, but we didn't actually know what we were doing. <laughs> um, I will. We didn't even know what an intermediary was, just to be honest with you. Like, I hadn't even really used the word before. Um, and so we were um, just thrilled. We thought, okay, everybody's going to be so excited. We're going to get this partner, and they're going to come work alongside this. And it ended up being pretty challenging in the fact that we have very different, like, sort of working um, mechanisms and thinkings between like out of school time programming and in school programming. So, um, but I would say that we dove right in and really um, started meeting regularly. Um, I would think, Caroline, you could jump in, but I, I believe it was like once a week we were meeting and we had all these planning committees. And then we realized um, 
we're going to have to do the things that you always do, build relationships among one another, build trust between the district and the intermediary. Um, I didn't really know the history of um, maybe some challenges between like community-based organizations sort of working with the school district. We had always, you know, really had open arms, but it didn't always go that way with districts. So, Caroline, um, let, let's uh, jump over to you. Um, Stephanie has really, uh, I think, artfully described a kind of uh, get acquainted moment. Uh, was, was that uh, your recollection as well? Absolutely. At the outset of, of the initiative, I think it was really about um, building trust and relationships. Um, and, you know, what we have found since then is that everything does boil down to that, um, ultimately. So I think, you know, it was also a, a combination of cultures um, from two separate organizations, which is always going to be a little bit of a, of a challenge. But I think, um, you know, it really forced us to to dig into our own adult SEL skill building um, in order to make that work and to make all of the, you know, the partners who were around the table, again, with their differing um, organizational cultures and styles um, to really figure out, you know, where was the commonality um, and what could we, you know, what could we rally around? And I think, you know, one of the first things that, that we made a determination would be critical is having in school and out of school participate in even the very initial um, trainings together. Um, it it didn't always work out exactly the way we thought it would work out based on timing and logistics at the at the outset. Um, but that was one of those things that we realized pretty quickly was going to be critical was to have that learning happen um, in partnership between in school and out of school. So Greg, the partnership between Big Thought and the Dallas Independent School District is more than 20 years old, which is remarkable in itself. How did you establish expectations for this new initiative? Um, so, Lucas, uh, you're correct. The, the relationship between uh, Big Thought and Dallas ISD is longstanding um, and has covered many different initiatives um, from in-school arts uh, education focused work to summer learning uh, now to social emotional learning. And so um, there was already a, a good deal of trust capital built between the partnership. We had a lot of that um, sort of relational infrastructure already in place um, that we were able to call on um, uh, to, to begin that. Now, the you know, sort of the tactics we take from there, uh, lots of meetings and conversations, um, sort of summarizing um, minutes uh, coming out of that to make sure that everybody was hearing and agreeing to the same things. Um, but the, the relationships were in place that we could very much um, lean on uh, in those, those early days. Uh, so let's turn to uh, uh, Juani Valdespino Gaitan. And uh, Juani is uh, Executive Director of Social and Emotional Learning at the Dallas Independent School District, which is a very, very large district. So, uh, Juani, you know, from your perspective, how, how have you dealt with uh, differences in, in approaches? And in regards to trust capital, what does it mean that, in a sense, the, the, the bigger fish in the pond, not to be crude about it, is DISD and, and Big Thought is uh, small but mighty? H how do you deal with uh, differences? Yeah, I think that Greg, um, Greg hit it right on the nail. It's communication. Um, you know, I think it's important that uh, that we do have that open communication and that we can turn to each other 
if we see that we might have um, a conflict with the plan, then we just reach out to each other. And that's the great thing about having this um, this relationship and just really trusting each other that we can feel comfortable enough to go to each other. Not that every conversation is comfortable depending on the situation, but that we that we are transparent with each other enough to share when there is a challenge um, that we need to address. But ultimately, I think that what helps us is that we're both focused on serving our students. We want what's best for our students. We have the end goal in mind, and it's not about each organization. When we're working together, it's about how do we work together so that we can serve our students. Though Dallas ISD is a huge organization, we can't do this alone. When we started this work as a district, we leaned on Big Thought because they had already started implementing social and emotional learning in the after-school program. So we were learning from them just as much as you know we were learning from this um, from this new effort around social and emotional learning. What a, a wonderful description of the recognition of uh, mutual interdependency and uh, mutual respect. What, one of the early lessons noted by Rand was uh, the importance of developing a common language about SEL uh, uh, as a way to build and, and promote a shared understanding. So maybe, Stephanie, over to you. What, uh, what do you think Rand was referring to when it talked about uh, common language? I think that we began, of course, with Castle's initial language, right, around social emotional learning. And we all t- together worked on the same trainings. But in our Relate 918 work, what became really important was actually using a curriculum um, that was both in school and out of school. And I think we were one of the early ones to jump right in. And we started using um, Ruler from Yale. Um, their social emotional learning um, curriculum in, in our in school and out of school. And that helped us to then have the same language around social emotional learning. And that's where we even got this idea of starting with adults. Um, that particular program says that social emotional learning, we should spend our initial stages in sort of norming for adults and how we work together um, as a team, which helped our not only our district team to work on <laughs> those skills, but also worked with school teams. So, Caroline, do you think, uh, as Stephanie noted, that actually having that same uh, curricular structure as a basis helped in the partnership? Absolutely. Yeah, it it most certainly did. Um, Not only did it give us a common framework for both in school and out of school, but again, provided that opportunity for, you know, training, um, not just in parallel, but actually together. Um, And in addition to that, I think it also provided each organization. um, So our partners in the out of school time space, in school teams, um, our our, um, core team across the district and the opportunity project, um, the chance to utilize the tools in our own work um, and in our own meetings and in our own interactions and dealings with one another. So it really gave us a little bit of a a sandbox or an opportunity to um, not only understand the curriculum, but to be better prepared to support partners um, in the implementation of that curriculum. So I think Ruler was a great place for us to start. So speaking of opportunities, I I, I want to uh, ask both of you about what you see 
as uh, we talked a little bit about the fact this takes work, partnerships always take work. I'd like to ask both of you about what you see as the benefits for children and adults uh, uh, in the community, and uh, then uh, ask both of you about uh, overcoming some uh, challenges. So why should or why would district and an out-of-school time intermediary want to think about uh, undertaking a partnership? Oh, the benefits are um, like outweigh any sort of challenges. I'll say that up front. Um, and that's because we don't just live in this little microcosm called a school district, right? <laughs> Our students go home every day and live in the community. So it only makes sense that we would be reaching out to our community-based organizations, our partners, our expanded learning partners, um, for us all to work together to serve our students and families. So um, the benefits especially way heavily when you think about specifically speaking of ruler, one of my favorite things is that if a student is hearing some of those things during the school or out checking in with your mood or understanding how your feelings are and using like really rich emotional vocabulary, and then an expanded learning partner uses that. And then a family uses that. Can you imagine like how it's all reinforced for this student um, to really have emotional health? So um, the benefit is, is overwhelmingly amazing for students, but I also think it really enriches um, the adults who are working in both settings as well. Like I said, I didn't even know the word intermediary when we started this um, project. And there are so many amazing partners that we have in Tulsa that I had never worked with and didn't know the work that they did. And really, I think at times, um, when I, I've been a classroom teacher, I've worked for our school district for over 20 years. And I think there were times I thought I was all alone as a classroom teacher, um, that I had this responsibility for this student all by myself. And so it's been amazing to be like, I'm not, first of all, teachers aren't alone in this. The whole city is involved in helping support students and families. And there's so many things we can learn from our expanded learning partners. So you're seeing some benefits in that alignment. Uh, and it also, uh, and, and Greg, I, I wonder from your perspective, also uh, partnerships are, you know, require some investment. What 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 do you see as the benefits for children from these? Yeah, I, th I think the the benefits are, are many for both the the children that um, we get to work with and and serve, as well as the adults. I think the alignment is a, a huge piece. Um, but I think that what we've also learned is that. Um, there's a diversity of thought that comes when we bring our teams together that has really challenged the work to, to move forward um, and to grow. And, and that might not happen if, if we were all working in our own silos and just making decisions um, separate from, from everyone else. The alignment would be off, but I don't think that the, the work would be as rich either. Um, and, and I think that has definitely um, been part of the benefit to, to the entire uh, system um, at the campus and, and at the district level. Um, I, I think the other thing is just our very act of collaboration is a way in which we can model and practice many of these social and emotional learning skills that we're asking the adults at campuses to um, implement. And practice, as well as what we're trying to teach our youth. And so it's, it's an opportunity to, um, to, to model that and, and that be a part of the, the leadership at all levels um, and in every way that you think about that. So let, let's talk a bit about the challenges. Uh, Rand did point uh, to the challenge of, uh, uh, of these partnerships. And one they highlighted was the overcoming 
of a perceived and actual power differential between schools and out-of-school time uh, programs. And in Rand's words, I'll quote, taking the time to meet, increasing the overlap of school and OST staff, and explicitly acknowledging the power differential that favors schools over OST programs are important ingredients for strong school OST partnerships. Uh, Stephanie, let's let's start with you. Is this power differential real, and, and how have you uh, thought about handling it? I can say that when we first started the initiative, I think I was naive, perhaps, to this differential. Um, having, you know, like I said, worked in Tulsa Public Schools my entire career, I've always, like, with open arms, welcomed all of our organizations that could help me. I was always the one, anyone that could support us um, with students, I was all in. However, I will say that it is actually true. The district is much bigger and we have a way of doing things. And I didn't realize there's actually been a lot of harm um, that not intentional harm, but um, with working with our outside partners where um, we've just made decisions and excluded them and not even considered them in many of our decision making um, processes. So I would say that that actually is true. But at the beginning of the initiative, I don't think that I didn't. Um, like denied it. I just hadn't had any experience with it just personally. And so one of the things we did really have to work about is really professional, like treating our youth care workers as professionals. Um, I didn't realize that there was this thing around like a certified classroom teacher versus a professional youth care worker. Um, and so there was, it's been a big learning experience for me um, in this project, but I think it's well worth it in recognizing that both sets of individuals have such great things to bring to students and families that we need to learn from both of them. So Caroline, um, Stephanie brought up um, both the kind of barrier of different procedures and also uh, what sounds to me like, uh, to quote Aretha Franklin, R-E-S-B-E-C-T, uh, you know, treat, treating people as uh, as professionals. Does this resonate with you? It does. And I think, um, you know, we were all um, prepared to to work on building relationships at the outset of the initiative, but probably not fully aware of what that, that power differential, that power dynamic um, would, you know, the challenges um, that it would lead to. So I think, I mean, there are three things that I feel like we, you know, once we realized, um, you know, the depth of that, three things that we said, okay, here's what we can do and, and really be proactive about solving this. So one is um, communicating the value of out-of-school time and expanded learning and why it's so important. Um, uh, you know, for those of us who are steeped in this work, it, it seems intuitive, um, but it was really important for us to help classroom educators and school teams understand the why behind um, the importance of kids being able to direct their own learning, find something that, um, again, you know, sparks their passion, um, and really help them understand that, that there was data behind that as well. There was a reason why we're doing this. I think that was the first thing. Um, the second thing was really working with um, our both in-school and, and out-of-school time folks to help them um, understand that we were thinking about young people as um, whole people, uh, not necessarily just academic beings and students. And so some of that was as simple as changing, um, changing 
changing our vocabulary. So instead of always referring to youth in our in our initiative as students, thinking about them as young people or youth, um, and thinking about them again as as whole human beings. Um, so some things like those were really simple simple tasks. Um, one thing that was you know more complicated, and we're continuing to to work through this is building up the confidence of youth workers and the folks who are participating in out-of-school time work to feel um, confident and to feel prepared to have um, both hard conversations and and just normal sort of everyday logistics conversations with their in-school counterparts. Um, so helping them understand that they have a place at the table and helping them to, um, you know, to be coached around how to use their voice in that way. And I think the third thing that really has made a difference is um, not every partner had staff who was either um, prepared or, um, frankly, even at a full-time um full-time employment capacity to be embedded in the school during the school day. And so that is something that we have worked really hard to make sure that our partners are able to do. And we want to support them in that because that has made a huge difference to have a dedicated OST uh, team member in the building with an office and a space and a contribution to the school community throughout the day and into the out of school time space. Um, so that's something that we have really found has been a key um, element for our success. So we're going to continue to work to to push toward that model. Let's close by asking you, uh, Caroline, and then Stephanie, um, what bits of advice would you give other communities who uh, uh, like what they see and, and are thinking of doing something similar? Yeah, there. I mean, there are so many, so many things that come to mind. But I would say the number one most important thing is to start with relationships, um, and I think that that's from the top down and from the bottom up. So you want to make sure that you are engaging. Um, you know, as an intermediary, we want to make sure that we're engaging with the school district at all levels and in all departments. Um, so that doesn't mean that you are only focusing on the conversations that you're having with one particular department that may be germane to um, expanded learning or um, out of school time, but that instead what you're thinking about is really how do you develop relationships across the district that allow you to be able to um, not only get a question answered when you need it answered, but also allow for the fact that there's mobility within districts as well. The other thing I would say is just communicate, communicate, communicate. So as much as you can, if you have bright spots, highlights, anecdotes, pictures, um, good news, good things that are happening, make sure you're telling that story uh, because it's very easy for all of us to get kind of mired in our day-to-day um, and and not look up and see those things. So thank you, Stephanie. What advice uh, would you have for your colleagues? I would say that the biggest piece of advice, and Caroline, I agree with everything you said, is really around not only having relationships, but really formalizing the partnership. I think that I, when I think about my career in education, I've always, like I said, uh, had great relationships, but it wasn't very organized. Uh, you know, I had to call multiple people and of course they were willing to help, but um, it, it was a little fragmented. And so I would say that definitely, you know, get a formal partnership 
with um, community-based organizations, have standing meetings with them, you know, really get to know the agency and the other connections they may have. I would say that that is really important, if you, especially if you don't have an intermediary. That would be one of the biggest pieces of advice I would have. Yeah, I think, I think it's important that both organizations really build that relationship and that they get to know each other and what each organization offers, what they're, you know, for a district to learn, um, you know, what programs are offered within the district, what, what the structure, what the org structure is like, just really get to become familiar with the organization for the after school provider, learn what, um, what services they provide and then identify that, that um, shared um, that shared interest or that um, where both organizations align, I think the more you get to spend time together at the front end, you'll learn early on where each, where each organization complements the other and how you can help each other in um, meeting its goals. And I think that that's something I I really feel that what we um, have experienced most out of this partnership is that this isn't just the district driving this this plan. This is really a joint effort from the inception onward. Thank you, Juani. How about you, Greg? What what advice for other cities? Yeah, so I I agree um, wholeheartedly with Juani. I think it's about the relationship. I think um, being able to establish what your shared, um, as Wani said, interests were. What's that that goal that you both uh, align around? Um, a goal, objective, however you want to frame it. And, and then I think a lot of listening. Um, it's being able to create the space and the time and really listen, because that's where you get to a, a common understanding around those things. If you just lead with what you need or want to get out of this, you're not going to um, establish, uh, you know, the kind of foundation you need for long-term partnerships. So, um, starting with listening is probably the the best advice I can give in time, allow time for it. Cause it can't always be manufactured quickly and overnight. Listening in time. What a great way to close out our conversation. Thank you.